Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to live, so every week we try to make it a little bit softer and a little bit nicer for just a few minutes. I play one game with one guest who is the only contestant and is therefore guaranteed to win. I assign them points during the gameplay based on how much their answers cheer me up specifically. Then, at the end, as always, the winner receives a $100 grand prize donation to the cause or charity of their choice, and we each give a pep talk to the person or group of our choosing, because the show isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. My guest today is a writer, she's the host of the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny podcast, and she's now an analyst on NFL Live on ESPN. Please welcome to the show, Mina Kimes. This game sounds so fun and so pleasant, but half of my Twitter followers would hear the rules and say, participation trophy culture strikes again. <laughs> no, I like that. How are you holding up? There there are sports. There weren't and now there are. How, how is that? I am filled with both dread and apprehension, but also tremendous excitement that I cover a sport that appears to be happening, which is the NFL. And, and so there's stuff for me to talk about. And, um, you know, it's, it's weird. It's... Definitely hard not to let the real world intrude in on our sports discussions these days, but um, we are definitely getting sports, and and that's kind of nice. Yeah. What well, before that it was just a lot of like, uh, okay, well we'll see. <laughs> yes, yes. The worst part is so I I'm like a taker, right? That's a that's my profession, mm-hmm. and so we're constantly being asked to give takes on our shows, like. Do you think the MLB season's gonna happen? I'm like, I looked at the coronavirus <laughs> chart. I don't know. Like, you know, it's like I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist. I read two articles in the Atlantic over the weekend. You know, I'm doing my yes. best. Our game today is called Uncuttable Gems. Mina, in addition to being a podcast and television star, you've written amazing features and profiles for ESPN the magazine. One of my favorite things about reading any profile is getting to just like a weird nugget or quote tucked into the middle that isn't essential to the story, but you can't just leave it on the cutting room floor. It's so good. In today's game, I will ask you about the best and most fun things you could hypothetically learn about someone while profiling them. Mina Kimes, are you ready to play Uncuttable Gems? Born ready. Perfect. I love that attitude. <laughs> mm, it's very sportsy. It is very sportsy. You're never you're never supposed to admit you're not ready, right, in the sport? I would love it if, like, in the pregame, like, the Super Bowl, there's conferences all week, if they were like, yeah, we're not really ready. Like, you know, I'm just kind of not up to it. I mean, we'll be there. We'll get there. You know, yeah, but yeah, we'll right now, I'm just kind of not, like, I got to stretch a lot. Yeah, my hammies are tight. <laughs> <laughs> you know how sometimes you fall asleep weird on a flight? They just get into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I. but I, I am ready. I am fully, fully ready. First question. Let's start with a classic profile trope. Mm. You're sitting down to lunch at a fancy hotel restaurant with, let's say, NFL MVP Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. What is the thing you would be most intrigued by if he ordered it off menu? I don't know how much you know about Patrick Mahomes and his well-documented affinity for putting ketchup on everything. I didn't know that. So this was actually a detail in a Seth Wickersham profile, a colleague of mine, ESPN. He wrote a profile of Patrick and mentioned in the profile that Patrick puts ketchup on his steak, which disgusted many people. But Mm -hmm. Mahomes, who really doesn't need the money now, let me tell you, parlayed that into (laughs) a Heinz sponsorship 
So he is known as the ketchup guy. So for me, I think if if I went to a restaurant with him and he ordered mustard off menu and was like, <laughs> I don't want Heinz to know, but I actually like mustard better. Although Heinz, I think, makes mustard, but whatever. My point is, I feel like I could have the scoop of the century. That would be huge. If he was like, off the record, and you're like, okay, and he's like, mustard, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's line one of the profile. 100%. <laughs> Just did a quote, mustard, please, Mahomes said, looking furtively around the restaurant. You joke, but like, that is actually, my editor would be like, this is gold, guys. Gold. <laughs> oh, how'd you get that out of it? Mm, mm, what a coup. <laughs> Incredible answer. I love it. It's unexpected. It's based in thorough knowledge. You're an expert. That's why you're here. That is 57 points. One for each of the Heinz flavors. Oh. Or I don't know. Does that number mean anything? The, the Heinz. 57? I think it's like the year, right? Oh. That Heinz was made. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that feels... <laughs> what, else, just... what else could it possibly be? I'm truly now just picturing you opening up a bottle, like a glass bottle of ketchup and like... 57, a good year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're safe with year. Okay, so uh, 57 points for the year 19 or 1857. I have no idea. Who knows? Yeah. Was there ketchup in the 1800s? Oh my God. If there wasn't, what did they put on their fries? Were there fries in the 1800s? I don't know. I don't know. These questions, these are questions for a different podcast, but I want to know the answers. <laughs> Next question. Uh, all right. You're on the phone with Miami Marlins CEO Derek Jeter, mm. and you hear an unexpected but unmistakable animal noise in the background belonging to an exotic pet. What is that pet? This is actually really challenging because Derek Jeter is a notoriously like vanilla man. Mm-hmm. The only like fun thing about him that's ever come out is the gift baskets. I know, so funny that he would he would give them away to to a, a young lady who on her way out of his apartment in the morning, right? That's the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the tale. Yes, that was, uh, I don't even know if it was like probably a New York Post or something reported it back when he was single. And it kind of made people like him because, I don't know, it made me like him because I thought it was funny. <laughs> it and is I very just, funny. Like, what are in, what is in there, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah. and the thing about that too, right, is like, those don't just appear, like someone has to shop for the gift yes. baskets. Yes, I've reached a stage in my life where I now give gift baskets as presents because I'm lazy, and and, mm-hmm. and now I know what it's like to be Derek Jeter. We're basically peers. <laughs> you, um, I, I was going to say, yeah. you have a Jeter-esque energy about you on this show, mm, and I respect mm. it. Yeah, like a little overrated, a probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, First ballot Hall of Famer, but people are going to grumble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't have been, you know, playing at the end of my career in position. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah. you asked about a pet. I mean, anything scandalous is really with Jeter the shocking thing. Yeah. So, like something illegal. Ooh. I don't know. I should have researched illegal animals before this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say a blue whale would be illegal for him to own. <laughs> so, I'm going to go blue whale. I don't know what kind of noises they make, but well, like, they, I feel like, yeah. Can you just one more time with that whale song? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> You're on the phone with Derek Jeter, and you're like, that's a whale. And he's like, what? I'm changing my answer. I'm changing my answer to a parrot, which doesn't sound interesting until we're on the phone, and then I hear, yeah, Jeets. And I realize (laughs) he's trained the parrot to say, yeah, Jeets to him. (laughs) And that is the first line of my story. That's perfect. The parrot somehow says respect, but you can hear that it's with a two (laughs) instead of an S. (laughs) 
Respect. Uh, you said that with a two. <laughs> Polly want a ring. <laughs> okay. What a leader. All right. What a leader. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, yeah. That's a good answer. I love it. That's a good answer. That's a very good. You're giving yourself the family feud pep talk. <laughs> I feel like I should get a lot of points for that one, but you know. That answer is worth 98 points for the year of a World Series that Derek Jeter won thanks to the encouragement of his parrot. Yeah, I deserve mm-hmm. all 50. Yeah, I, absolutely. You would have deserved more, but, mm. you know, people always complain about scorekeeping and officiating, and I, I just want to keep in that tradition. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how this shakes out. <laughs> okay, skeptical. I appreciate it. Work in the refs. Next question. Offhand during an interview, Portland Trailblazers star and rapper Damian Lillard brings up that he'd love to collaborate with an artist from another genre. Who would you want that artist to be? Tame Impala, so that they could be Dame Impala. That rules. I would actually love to hear it legitimately. (laughs) This is a great answer. Just like perfect, clean burning. There is uh, no question about it. Mm. That answer is worth 61 points, which is Damian Lillard's career high for points scored in a single game, as as everyone here knows. Woo! Yes. All right. I love it. Great. I'm great. I also do. I truly, if they did a single for charity, it would be huge, and I would listen to it, like, more than you should, probably. <laughs> Next question. Hypothetically, if on background you were talking to Megan Rapinoe's high school soccer coach, who mentions that she was fully on track to do a non-soccer thing as a career, what would be the most delightful career path to find out that Megan Rapinoe was on? President of the United States of America, ideally. That's That's a selfish answer. Yeah. But she's got my vote. Yeah. Rapinoe 2020? Yeah. Uh, Well, it's a little late. (laughs) Kanye did it. Rapino can do it. <laughs> okay. Other other than President of the United States, a thing that I would enjoy seeing drummer for Damon Paula. I feel like <laughs> if Damon Paula came out, and I'm like, all right, this is good. And then suddenly, like, you know how sometimes the light, there's a dramatic yep. light that falls on the drummer. Now imagine it's Megan Rapino. It would rule. Yes. Imagine you're at that benefit concert or whatever. Yes, right. And you're already so delighted by this, like, charming juxtaposition of Dame and Tame Impala. Light shines down. It's Megan Rapinoe. On the drums. And then a pot belly pig runs across the stage. A pot pig runs across the stage. <laughs> Everything I love. Derek Jeter is in the audience. Single tear streams down his face. He looks on his, like, the cell phone's monitor of his whale tank to make sure everything's okay. <laughs> Get that whale sound right. I've been thinking about it the last 10 minutes or so since that question. It was incredible. Right. I like that you went for it. Thank you. I think Aww. a lot of people would have just been... <laughs> there it is again. Right. I think it's better every time. Yeah. Mm. Great answer. I don't have any quibble with that. That is 46 points because Megan Rapinoe in this scenario would be the 46th president, plus an extra 35 points because that is her age, the exact age that allows her to run for president this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but what a lovely fantasy. Excellent. Next question. At the end of your interview with Tom Brady, he hands you a book and says, I hope this doesn't come off as rude, but I give a copy of this book to every new person I meet. I just think everyone should read it. When you look down, what book are you hoping to see? So again, my repertorial instincts are kicking in and I want the scoop. 
Mm-hmm. So for Brady, in the same way that for Mahomes, it would be scandalous if he was secretly eating mustard. Mm-hmm. If Brady gave me like the Magnolia Bakery cookbook or something, yeah. <laughs> that would be, I'd be like, whoa, yeah. whoa, I put huge. this on Twitter immediately. Totally huge. You're done, Brady. Yeah. Mr. Or should I say, you're done banana pudding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, the guy's whole brand is, you know, being the healthiest person on earth. I know. I can never eat a strawberry. Mm. What is this mm. life? So that, that would be good for my job because I'd get right. a big story out of it. Mm-hmm. For my personal enjoyment, I would love it if it was like the kid who only hit home runs. What's that book called? Like a Matt Christopher book? Oh, yeah. Like, a, yep. like if he had any, he was like, I give this book to, <laughs> Mina, I give this book to everyone so I meet. funny. <laughs> and it was like a children's book. Like a, like a, like a nine-year-old boy's grade. book. Yeah. <laughs> but the catcher with the silver arm, I'm making these up. The, the, There's <laughs> the catcher with the silver arm. I, I know I want to look them up because I don't want to get, I don't want to disrespect Matt Christopher. Yeah. I read a bunch of those when I was a kid. We all did of a certain, yeah. kid who only hit homers. The lucky baseball bat, tough to tackle. <laughs> tough to tackle. Imagine if Tom Brady gave you oh. a book called Tough to Tackle. Catcher with a glass arm is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Wow, that's closer than I thought. The great quarterback switch would be great. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine that if he's be... just so serious and he hands that to you. Like, how would you not laugh? It would be so funny. The the only thing funnier would be if it was like a zine that he had written and Xeroxed himself. Oh my god, that would be amazing too. Like a punk but, style zine, yeah. Like, yeah, like he's just too. like, people tell me this changes their life. <laughs> just hands you a zine. <laughs> uh, it's a bunch of bands. You've probably never heard of them. <laughs> They're very Dave cool. and Paula. Yeah. <laughs> Ever heard of Damon Paula? Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> Megan Rapino played. Was Megan Rapino was the original drummer, but she got fired because she couldn't keep Dame time. <laughs> Sorry, Dame time. It's three four. Waltz tempo. <laughs> so stupid. All right. Very stupid. How many points? Love it. Give me the points. How many points? Okay, cut to the chase. Yeah, that's 43 points. 43 points for every year Tom Brady has been alive. He's still playing in the NFL at age 43. Amazing. Next question. During an interview, you find Mm. out that an athlete is in talks to appear in a substantial role in an upcoming film, like Kevin Garnett and Uncut Gems type role. Who is your dream actor-director pairing? Marshawn Lynch, Christopher Nolan. Fuck, that's so good. And That's so good. It's it's Tenet. Tenet's the film. They're still making it. (laughs) <laughs> Even though it's supposed to be in theaters. I don't know why, but I find it Tenet so funny. It's and so funny. What, it, what What is it about it that's so funny? Because I'm I, having trouble explaining it to people. But every time I see a commercial, I just start laughing so hard. It's pretentious and it's constantly being thwarted. Yes. Right? yes. It's like if someone kept burping during an orchestra. <laughs> that's such a great way to put it. And it's also, I think, especially funny to me because I know I'm going to see it. So my yeah. jokes, because I love Christopher Nolan films, yes. even while also acknowledging that they're ridiculous. It's like they're a so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, he's so self-serious. He's like, you will see this in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> or you will see it not at all. And the thing I like about Marshawn Lynch is Christopher Nolan films are so like heady and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like many points during filming, he'd just be like, dude, really? 
Like, yeah. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Like he would, he'd be like the voice of grounded reason fucking up Christopher Nolan's plans. <laughs> yeah, this is excellent. I love it. That's 88 points, which I know is more of a wide receiver's jersey number, but we're going to rock with it because it is that good an answer. Tenant is your friend who's always five minutes away, right? Who's like yeah, texting yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm on, and you're like, you haven't left your house. I Tenet, know you haven't left your house. Shower. I just heard your parrot in the background. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interstellar, perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> I love a world where every celebrity has a parrot that's a hype man. (laughs) I'm thinking about getting a parrot as a hype man, as a co-host. You should. Final question. You're interviewing your dog, Lenny. Okay. And he gets a text in the middle of your conversation. Who would you be, like, most curious to see that the text is from? I'm going to try to present this like Christopher Nolan would. (laughs) I'm ready for this journey. But the scenario I'm presenting is 45 minutes from now. Okay. Lenny gets a text. I look down. It's from a Massachusetts number. I'm like, is that, mm-hmm. is that Josh Gondelman? The text reads, <laughs> Mina sucks. Can we record something later? That would be so mean of me. And then I'm like, how did you get a phone? How did you get a phone? <laughs> how do you know, Josh? There's so many questions. My question, the least pressing. How did you get your number? I don't have your number. (laughs) Let me. (laughs) That's so mean for me to think that I, imagine the intimacy I would have to assume with your dog to think he wouldn't tell you that immediately. That would be so gross of you. That would be gross of you. Yeah. So gross. I would never. I, I hate it. I would never do that. I'm angry at you even though it doesn't happen. Because Even I presented the scenario. Yeah. This is a, a tenant situation. This is a tenant situation. Classic tenant, where it's something that happened in the future that may or may not happen is already making you angry, even though it's a hypothetical. Is that what tenant is? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. That is worth 58 points. Yes. A delightful, surprising answer. A true Christopher Nolan twist. 58 points, of course, coming from Massachusetts area code 508. Without don't, the, without don't, the don't give them your number. Don't give them your number. That's not my, I'm, I'm not 508. I would never be from Worcester. <laughs> oh. You know what? I'm going to apologize for that right away. I did not mean that. I threw Worcester under the bus for a humorous joke, and I don't mean it. Worcester, I've got nothing but love for you, and I apologize. You just lost all of your Worcester listeners. I hope you're happy. If you guys are upset with Josh Gondelman, and you're looking at a podcast that doesn't talk down to you, The Meet and Kime Show featuring Lenny, we're Worcester-friendly. A very Worcester friendly. It is different vibes. You know how some some like Craigslist things will be like roommate four twenty friendly. This is five oh eight friendly. <laughs> My podcast is five oh eight friendly, hundred percent. Amazing round of gameplay. Just an incredible job playing uncuttable gems. That brings your total score to four hundred eighty six points, the highest all time score in Make My Day history. How do you feel, Mina? I feel incredible, and also not surprised because I was born ready. For this game, as I told you, you born in the ready. beginning of the podcast. As the grand prize winner of this week's episode, you have won one hundred dollars to the oh, charity or aid cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? I guess that Seattle Food Bank would be my pick. A great pick, a great choice. I think self-explanatory. 
Wonderful. Yeah, $100 to the Seattle Food Bank. And if anyone listening is so moved or, or inspired to donate as well, I'll have the link in the show description and on social media. That's awesome. Great choice. Thank you. Our final segment tonight is the pep talk. Mm. Mina and I will each give a pep talk to a person or group that we think really deserves or needs it in this moment. I'll go first. My pep talk is for people who hate video chat. Like it or not, this is the era of video calls, whether it's the omnipresent Zoom conference or its long forgotten cousin, the Google Hangout, or even FaceTime, your parents' way of making sure you aren't secretly checking email or watching TV while you're on the phone with them. Whatever the medium, video conferencing has combined the joy of being at an office job with the thrill of staring at yourself in a mirror, wondering if you really look like that to other people. Some of this is unavoidable. If you're required to be on a call, there's not much you can do about it. But for most of us, it's draining to spend hours a day on live closed circuit television. In some ways, it's more exhausting than being in front of people in person because at least live in 3D, you don't have to watch you watching other people watch you. And yes, you could theoretically look away from yourself in the same way you could turn lead into gold. I've heard people talk about this possibility, but none have ever achieved it. But you'll be okay. You can weather the draining work calls and you can convince your friends and family to downgrade or upgrade your video chats to one-on-one old school phone calls that allow you to check the score of a playoff game on your computer while you chat or mute yourself to pee while someone tells a long story. And eventually, we'll go back to seeing people in person, which brings its own set of stresses. But we will stare those issues down when we come to them, which is infinitely better than staring into your own eyes for hours at a time. Mina, I would love to hear your pep talk, please. I guess I'm going to do something very personal and give a pep talk to every person who's met my dog and thinks he hates them. Hi. You're feeling upset right now because my dog just yelled at you. Well, he barked. He didn't yell, but it felt like he was yelling. It probably felt like he wanted to kill you. And you're probably walked away from that interaction and saying to yourself, dogs usually like me. I'm not a bad person. Why did that dog hate me? Everybody loves me. He's so cute. All I wanted to do was pet him. And then he tried to bite me. Well, he didn't try to bite me, but it felt like it because the barking and what's wrong with me? Well, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. Well, there might be something wrong with you. I don't know. This is a hypothetical. You could be anyone. You might be a terrible person. You might be an ex-murderer. But my dog, he hates most people. He loves me. He loves his dad. He loves people he has spent approximately... 14 or more hours with. But that's not you. And it's not about you. He was raised in a house without love. I actually don't know where he was raised because when I got him, he was three. I know he's from Alabama, but I don't know what kind of upbringing he came from. All I know is that he doesn't like most humans. And it's really not about you. Don't take it personally, all right? In fact, generally as a rule, as like a rule of thumb in life, if somebody doesn't like you, if somebody tweets at you angrily on the internet or gives you a dirty look in a store or tries to run you over with a jet ski while you're swimming in a lake, just a hypothetical situation, it's probably not about you. It's probably nothing you did. It's probably about them. It's probably because, you know, they were having a bad day or they just love jet skiing and don't want anyone to get in their way. Or in the case of my dog, he perceives everyone as a threat. So just walk away from the encounter knowing that it's not about you. And also don't ever touch my fucking dog again. That was a perfect pep talk. It was specific, but also universal. I could not be more delighted by it. Thank you so much. And that's been 
show. This was Make My Day. I'm Josh Gondelman. Thank you again to this week's champion, Mina Kimes. Mina, where can people find you and your work? Well, I'm on NFL Live, which is a show on ESPN that actually, I think it will have launched. Uh-oh, another tenant scenario um, by the time this <laughs> airs. But it's at 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. It's a football show. I have a podcast called Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny that is notoriously 508-friendly. So check that out. <laughs> and then I'm on Twitter at, at Mina Kimes. Wonderful. And Mina's charity this week was the Seattle Food Bank. I'll have that information for all the listeners. If you have your own answers to today's game of uncuttable gems, tweet them at me, at Josh Gondelman. You don't have to bother Mina. She's busy. She's hosting (laughs) podcasts. She's appearing on television shows. If the answers are good, I'll tell her about them. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Thank you once again for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's a huge help to the show if you have a second to rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days.